There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hello, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. Uh, great as ever to be back with you again. Uh, and um, we're going to talk today about uh, change yourself, change your future with uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Jessica Richards. Um, before we do that, I'd just like to say, um, as I always do, a big thank you to my guest last week. I hope those of you who listened to the show uh, last week with Jennifer Justice enjoyed it. Uh, Jennifer a fascinating background. She came out of the sort of grunge in Seattle and became an entertainment lawyer and uh, then ended up representing for 17 years Jay-Z, Beyonce, uh, Rihanna, Shakira. And uh, what she's done over that period is she was just really um, just stunned by uh, the attitudes towards women and uh, to people of other kind of races, et cetera, in the recruitment within that industry and found herself being interviewed for organizations with 30 white males. And uh, she's now dedicated her life uh, through the Justice League to uh, supporting um, female artists and also she's kind of woke males. But it was really interesting listening to her last week and hearing her background and just realizing, you know, the need that we have for greater equality and diversity and, uh, you know, what a, what a big opportunity we've got. So today um, we obviously have um, Jessica on the show. Jessica joined uh, us about a year ago, actually. So I can't believe it's been a year ago and it's a bit like Groundhog Day because we're still in, uh, we just, just joined uh, the uh, being locked at home uh, during the pandemic. Uh, Jessica Richards uh, has got a, a highly, highly acclaimed methodology for personal transformation, really. So if you're looking to change your future, you know, it does start with you. It starts with me. It starts with all of us. Now, Jessica has been a clinical hypnotherapist since 1985. Before that, she had an amazing um, sort of background of entrepreneurial ventures. And she specializes in personal transformation, corporate leadership development. Uh, and she has this process, um, which is very effective, called Changing the Groundhog Day which identifies and resolves self-limiting beliefs and is, is life-changing. I mean, Jessica's got a huge reputation for having transformed many lives through this. And indeed, um, the Academy for Chief Executives in the UK um, actually voted as one of the top three speakers of the decade, not the year, the decade, um, because of the impact she was having. She's had a Harley Street practice since 1991, and she facilitates workshops and retreats for senior executives. Um, she's very experienced speaking on the kind of corporate and health event circuit. Uh, and um, she's also um, is the author of you know, a really groundbreaking book called The Topic of Cancer. Um, which is really her experience of, of cancer and uh, surviving that. And, um, you know, a little bit like the pandemic where we feel like we've had the rug pulled from under our feet, um, experiencing something like cancer can feel just the same. So welcome, 
Jessica, lovely to see you again. Hi, Chris. It's nice to be back. Um, I'm sorry, I'm struggling with these earphones a bit because <laughs> it makes me feel like I'm underwater. Oh, okay. <laughs> so please, please don't drown. No, I was going to say, if I swim off, you'll know why. <laughs> yeah, well, if, if it's too bad, just take them off and we'll, we'll manage uh, um, without, without them. So t- tell us, um, you know, what's the last year been like for you? I know we just got into the pandemic, hadn't we, last time? I mean... Uh, what what's um you know what's what's it been like because uh, it just feels like Groundhog Day all over again really. Well, that's exactly. I remember strangely enough that when we first spoke last year, I said this reminds me of getting a cancer diagnosis because your whole world's turned upside down, and the only difference um, last year was that it was happening to everybody else as well, and it wasn't just me. Yes. So one thing I would like to say, though, is that I never described myself as a, a cancer survivor. I mean, I, I chose my own pathway of care under medical supervision. I never had surgery, never had any medical drugs whatsoever. And I'm 14 years on now um, in May. And the reason that I don't call myself a survivor is because words are very important. And to me, a survivor means that I've been a victim of something and I absolutely don't consider myself a victim. I consider cancer, the pandemic, any other experience I've ever had in my life, and I've been through a few picnics, as you know, is just another opportunity to become aware of and to choose who I am in relationship to it. It's just another opportunity to find out who I am and to give me the opportunity to be something more. I mean, sometimes people, I mean, people who've experienced cancer, my mother experienced cancer too, they, they describe it as having, you know, ha- having some gifts as well, you know, there being a, a silver lining. So is that how you, do you view it? Do you view it as... A degree, but don't get me wrong. I mean, given the choice, I absolutely, I could have well done yeah. it. I wouldn't have, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't have signed up for it. Yeah. <laughs> like when I mean, they say, oh, you're so brave, you say, well, not really. No, we didn't. Nobody offered and said, oh, would you like to have cancer? And we all bravely said yes. You know, we'd have run a mile given, given the opportunity. <laughs> but was it, was, was it um, you know, we're talking today about changing your future. I mean, was, it, was that experience, you know, it, it, obviously it's going to be horrendous, but, but also coming out the other side, the experience that you had, do you think you're a better person for it and well I can't imagine I would have been a worse person for it or anybody could be a worse person for it but when it comes to changing your future it's actually when your future looks like it's been cancelled it just reminds you of how important the present is and change the now forget about the future we're not don't worry about or changing yourself in the future just change it now your future might be a week it might be 10 years it might be you know 30, 40 years, who knows? Yeah, I, was, I've, I think I've mentioned it before on this, uh, this show, but what a very powerful moment for, for me was uh, when I had Stephen Sutton on the show who died of teenage cancer the day before his 20th birthday. And it's only three weeks before he died that he was on the show. And I'll never forget him saying that, you know, Chris, cancer, cancer sucks. It, uh, it has, you know, reduced my life. Um, but actually... You know, I've got a lot less life, but I've had so much more motivation. But I look around and I see so many people with uh, so much life, but so little motivation. And please, when I'm gone, tell everybody to make every 
second count. And I just thought that was really powerful. Just and, then, and it could almost be seen that, oh, you know, we're supposed to think that or feel that. But I see it more also as just taking responsibility for yourself. Don't sit around waiting for someone else to sort things out. Take responsibility for yourself and your own circumstances, no matter what you're facing at the end of the day. That's personally how I see it. And I understand exactly where he's coming from bless it you, you sort of wake up and realize you know even if you haven't woken up before cancer will take your life one way or another and it's up to you what you choose to do about that it may take your physical life as well but it will take your life and you need to take responsibility for how that's going to look yeah rather than just hand it and, and wait for someone else or something to change or see what happens sort of thing yeah. And that, that was the, I mean, that's the essence of, of your book uh, on the, the top of your cancer, isn't it? Like you, you did take responsibility for your life, didn't you? You, you, you were under supervision, as you said, but actually you were very quite directive about what you were, you know, um, going to have and what you weren't. And you, you read about it and researched it and you, you, know, you took responsibility. And I carefully chose my team. Yeah. I interviewed several consultants. I carefully chose my team. I valued their opinions, but ultimately I accepted, and which is the true of all, of all of us, really, whoever, no matter how imminent someone is, no matter who they are, whoever makes the decisions in your life is only one person who lives or dies with the outcome. And as I understood that, then I decided, well, the one person who make, who's going to make those final decisions is going to be me, and I'll live or die by them. Yeah, yeah. And already I've lived nearly three times as long as they thought I might live. I had a below average chance of surviving beyond five years with medical treatment and a lot of um, disablement and hospitalizations in that time and i'm just coming up to 14 years wow congratulations and i'm delighted you're here and looking looking so radiant oh yes i think i've got my scarf on too tight <laughs> brilliant i i one of my uh, one of my favorite quotes at the moment which i'm actually using a, a lot with with clients is a, a quote uh, from Rumi, who uh, a couple of years ago went over to Turkey with Dr. Mansour Malik, and uh, and just to experience and find out more about Rumi. And quite uh, quite to my surprise, I've been I've been featured quite a bit on a website called Rumi Kingdom of Love, which uh, is um, has a religious connotation to it. And being somebody who gave up Cub Scouts to because he had to go to church um, is is quite interesting. But I do really um believe in the sentiments of it which is about uh, about it's actually we should bring more love into the world and be be connected and not be you know separated about our religion should be working together and people should be working together so i absolutely love the sentiments of that but i there's a, one of the quotes that i love by rumi is that yesterday i was clever and i uh, i um i wanted to change the world um today i'm wise and i change myself i just wondered if you had any views on that Totally agree. I've got I've got one of my own. I think I think it's in my book as well. Is that it's not what life presents to us that makes us who we are, but who we choose to be in relationship to it. Yeah, so it's basically the same thing. Look to yourself. That's what we are. Very creative beings. 
and we are creating our own environment individually and collectively. Mm. Mm. Yeah, what a, and what a what a time we're living in in right now. I know you you talk um, a lot about probable futures. Yes. Do you want to explain what what a probable future is? Yes, and I, and I think most of us uh, recognise it. But if, for instance, and we do it on a personal level, and we also do it on a collective level, that if we keep behaving and thinking and believing in a certain way, our life will tend to keep repeating itself and going round in cycles, and it does collectively as well. So. I call that revolutions rather than evolution. Evolution is more of an upward spiral if you want to visualize it like that, anyway you want anyway. And um, rather than a revolution, which I call the Groundhog Day. Yeah. You know, we're in a different place, different people, same old scenarios. Again, we see it politically, we see it globally just going on and on and on. And it's always been a question to me that, and I've quite well traveled, and wherever we go in the world, whoever you speak to, the average person, almost without exception, just wants enough to eat for themselves and their families, a roof over their heads, something meaningful um, to be able to provide for their families, and uh, a laugh with their friends. Mm. That's all. That's all any, any person seems to want. So then we have to question, and the same on a personal level, if we only want those simple things, then how do we manage to have inner conflict and outer conflict? How do we manage to have wars nonstop? How do we manage to have these constant divisions and arguments? And I came to the conclusion a long time ago is that we don't. It's governments and corporations that have all those. And then they start to create those in us because then we start to think, well, this is like this because of them or et cetera, et cetera. And this constant divisions change and it does it on a personal level as well, which is how we get a self-limiting belief or what I call a groundhog day is, well, I should really be this by now and I'm not. I should be doing better than this. Or I just seem to get up and be able to do something and then it's, it all falls down to the, the bottom again, you know, either through illness or because the financial system has done another one of its revolutions and we're all back to square one again. And uh, so it seemed to me quite obvious many years ago, I've been in practice about 36 years now, is that we should be able to change that on a personal level, then we're not so susceptible to buying into this kind of reality on an outside level and certainly not constantly contributing to that reality of this non-stop revolution or ever decreasing circle, shall we say. Mm. Mm. It's just, I always remember my, uh, my oldest son, one of the first words that he could say was stuck. And he used oh. to, uh, he used to like crawl under the sofa or something like that. I'm stuck, stuck. And I guess that's what you're saying, isn't it? That a lot of people feel feel like they're stuck, um, yeah. stuck in systems, you know, stuck in cycles of poverty, stuck yeah. in stuck in property that they can't move from. Um, this, this, we can we can feel helpless, can't we? Absolutely, and we're seeing that at the moment. And when we feel helpless for long enough, we begin to feel hopeless. 
And that's when depression sets in, and that's when all kinds of life-negating behavior starts to take place. So what we're going to do today is show people how to unstick yourself inwardly so that you don't have to remain stuck in the system or continue contributing to the creation and maintenance of a system that is everybody's getting stuck in. Excellent. And you're going to, after the break, we're going to talk through, you've got a, a, a process that you go through when you're working with your clients that yeah. people who are listening to the show as well can, ha- can try and work on themselves to help them relieve this, uh, this, this feeling um, of being stuck and limited um, because, and, and it's interesting that, you know, that you, you've been working with, for example, the Academy of Chief Executives, and this isn't something that, it, that is something that everybody can feel, isn't it? Absolutely. You know? It's just, it's just a human situation. That's all. It's all about human beings. We're all the same. As I said, it doesn't matter where we are in life, what we're doing, where we live, what our culture, religion or ethnicity is, what our sex is or anything like that. We are all the same, even the different ages and generations. We're all the same. We've all got the same needs. We've all got the same wants. And we've all got the same loveliness to give. Human beings are basically very, very innocent kind and helpful creatures but we seem to be in a system and taking part in the system which is tormenting us Mm. and bringing out the worst in us at all times we're constantly in this pit of survival and pitted against each other and even then even under those dire circumstances still with many people most people our overriding instinct is still to help someone else it's just human nature. So imagine if we were freed from that. Yeah. Excellent. Well, well what I was really keen to do last year, we, we, we rushed through your, your process, uh, really, and it's, and it's so fascinating. Um, I thought it would be great today to give it, to give it some more time, some of the attention that it deserved. So um, do join us after the break. We'll be back again with you in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with uh, Jessica Richards, and we're, we're talking about, about changing your, your future. And Jess and I were just chatting in the break, actually. Um, we're just about, uh, about our kind of friendship, because our friendship came through this show and inviting you on. And um, one of the things I, I really love about Jessica is that she's, she's very passionate about things, and she's very generous in sharing connections and contacts. Indeed, it was through... Uh, Jessica, that we had Tom Campbell on the show um, three times, actually. Uh, so, uh, you know, thank you. Thank you for that and your kind introduction. I think you introduced to John Kramer, who yeah, was, right. yeah, was also a, somebody who became friends through the show. And we've even, we've even been fishing together and things like that since. So it's, it's nice when you do something, isn't it, professional, and you, you, you uh, connect with people that you like and get, get on with. Yeah, absolutely. So it certainly makes for interesting conversations. Yeah, def- absolutely. So let's have a chat about your process. Your process got 10 stages. Um, how, d- how did you come upon this process? And let's move in, because I-, I want to do it justice this time, um, to uh, the-, the sequence of it. And we'll have a chat through the different, the different steps. So if you, if you imagine yourself, you're sitting with a problem, uh, you're sitting with a limiting belief. I mean, um, what, what, just to give some examples first, actually, what kind of, yeah, what, what, what might be people be sitting with right now? Well, Virtually everybody or everybody that comes to see me comes to see me because of the way they feel about something. And it doesn't matter where they come from, who they are, what level that it's irrelevant, which is why less is more for me. I don't want to know anything about anybody's background before they come in. I don't care if they're an international CEO of whatever, you know, or, 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 you know, my next door neighbor, it's irrelevant. Um, It's a self-limiting belief in the sense when someone gets to the late 20s, early 30s usually and beyond, but you've got to be at least that age before you start to notice it, that you you find yourself in a different place with different people, but the same negative situation again and the same feelings again. So it it starts to hold you back. And you will often find that in businesses, and on an individual level, the very qualities that make someone successful, at some point, it will start to hold them back and restrict, and then you won't get beyond that cycle. With um, businesses, I say it's the difference between a sandwich shop shop and being prepped. You know, a sandwich shop is, is nothing wrong with that, but prep just takes it one step beyond. The average person will stay within their their comfort zone and don't get beyond it and just think well that's the way life is the people that come to me tend to be people that think what would happen if I didn't have that what would happen if 
I could stand up and speak in front of everyone. What would happen if I did put myself out there? What would happen if I wasn't afraid to be who I am and I didn't just cover it up? What would happen if I didn't feel like I was an imposter and that I'm not really qualified to be here? And that it's anything like that, anything that makes you feel you're not quite hitting the spot. No matter how successful your life looks on the outside, that's irrelevant. It's what you feel like, what you feel about your life, where it's not not quite hitting the spot for you. And you'd be raised something interesting there about uh, you know, tw- 28 to 32 and 38 to 42, I find with, with clients often, and, and I went through those journeys in those, in those four year, two, four year periods myself, I found both of those to be kind of pivotal points. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They, they seem to be in this. I, don't, I really don't subscribe to any system or anything like, oh, yes, this is so-and-so thinks this and, this, and this system means this and means that. It's just pure observation over 36 years of thousands and thousands of people and it's just my observations and my experience of working with those people that there does seem to be something about those ages Mm. where we reach a point where we could be ready for change i call it a point of readiness for change most people the average person possibly won't reach that point They'll just put up with things and get a bit angry or, or just put up with stuff. Other people get to the point where they think, do you know what? I don't know if I want to go on for the rest of my life like this. I, I want to do, I, there's more in me. I know there's more in me. We all reach that point of readiness for change for only one reason. And this is one way and we're all exactly the same. And it's when we can't stand it anymore. We think, I, I just can't go down this road One more time. It might be with relationships. You know, how many times do we find ourselves with another person that seems the opposite of the one before and we've we've got the same old situation again? Yeah. You know, we're the ones that are doing the picking. So it's, it's got to be something to do with us. If you employ people, how is it that when you let someone go and then you go through all the trouble and expense and time, of replacing that person only to find you've replaced them with someone you thought was the opposite who's exactly the yeah. same the one you've just let go yeah yeah it's, it's it's something in you isn't it that you're giving off you're you're uh, attracting in yeah personal so, groundhog days they they yeah. replicate into business groundhog days family groundhog days how many times do families get together and end up in the same old argument again yeah Exactly the same words. Oh, that didn't happen like that. How would you know? You weren't even there, you know. <laughs> so, so are we talking about um, in, the, in your, your process? Are, we, are, are you interrupting the pattern such that people shift from revolution to evolution? They can move into a different uh, path. Think, think about, maybe think about a problem, um, a limiting belief, something you want to work on right now, hold it in your mind, and then let's go through the process now, Jess. Well, you've just done the first step of the process, actually, Chris, and that's exactly it. We're going to share this process out to everyone because the aim of this, do things for yourself so you don't need me or anybody else to do this. Obviously, it works 
a lot faster if you've got someone to facilitate. But there are some things here, if you only do one or two parts of this, it will raise your level of awareness. So you will become aware that when you are going into your old timeline, and I want to be specific about this, when we keep behaving in a certain way, that creates a timeline of a probable future. And you can almost write that in stone. And it's the same collectively as well on a, on a wider scale. And then you start to get these great big chasms between the life you're having and the life you should have. And we're finding that collectively too. We start to get polarizations in what's going on and what we all would wish was going on. So if we deal with it on the personal level, this will massively help the bigger picture the first thing, uh, sorry, Chris, you were going That's to. Okay, no, I was just going to say you. You mentioned that we'll share this. We can put this on to uh, onto our web onto our website, but also if you, if you um, join me on on social media, um, Facebook, for example, the the business page there, um, we'll we'll put the put the link on there too. Yeah. So. so when I work with someone, we're looking at they're on one trajectory. And if they're not particularly happy or something's not working out right or they're experiencing the same thing over and over again, the outcome is not going to be a pleasant one. I'm going to show you on this how you can get hindsight right now to know what that trajectory is on that particular timeline. So this work here will show you to have that split second to make a different decision as soon as you get that prod that you're going on that old timeline and you'll be able to make a timeline insertion and change that tra trajectory. I work with someone usually just in one go, and then we just do a follow-up a few weeks later to twiddle a few bits and pieces on it. It's breathtakingly simple, but it's not easy in the sense it takes time and patience, especially if you're just starting. I'm bearing in mind, I've done this thousands and thousands of times, but I want to teach you, share with you how to do it. So the first thing is exactly what Chris said. Define and write down the recurring situation. And don't worry about too much. Well, you've got to find exactly the right one. It doesn't matter. Just pick one that just seems to come to your mind. I'll tell you why is because it's like spokes on a wheel. It doesn't matter which one you start in. They all go to the hub. So don't worry about getting the left side of your brain, think, oh, is this one, is that one? Just rely on your intuition just to present anything and start there. Then you relax. There's an easy way to relax, any way that suits you. There's also a free relaxation download on my website. So just help yourself to that. It only takes uh, 12 minutes. Just do a nice relaxation. And then this is the most important part of all, is to define that emotion that's connected to that experience that you've already written down, that situation. This is the most important. You can spend... I might get to it working with someone within seconds or minutes. doesn't matter if it takes you hours, days, weeks, or months. It's absolutely no issue, but absolutely go for this because everything rests on this. If you find this, you're 50% there. So be aware of that emotion. A left brain intellectual kind of um, 
analysis of that will tell you all kind of, oh, it's not nice, oh, it's this, oh, it's upsetting. Well, disregard all of those. That's not the truth. That's just the intellect trying to work it out. The intellect doesn't experience emotion, so it wouldn't know how to describe them. Just keep going. When you get to your heart, your heart is very specific. It's, the truth is always very simple, and it will say something like, I'm scared, or I'm frightened, or it could be anything really, you know, that this, I'm confused, I'm just confused, anything like that. Those are heart things. When you get from there, the third one is relate to similar emotions historically. You know, when's the last time you felt like that? What was going on? Just try not to think about it too much. And the most important thing is don't try and say why that was. Oh, yeah, I felt like that last week because of this. Leave the because bit out because that's all left brain stuff and that will take you off track. That's taking you to a negative timeline. So that's how we stay in these negative timelines. We keep uh, making excuses for it. Oh, yeah, well, you know, I can't do this because of that. Yeah, but I never could get that kind of job because I never had the qualifications. Forget all of that. That's what's keeping you in a negative revolutionary timeline. When you've written down those uh, events historically, or just think about them, track them right back to the early one, the earliest you can get to. And they're not all when you happen as children. We have enough events as adults, but usually they are because when we're young, we have less life experience to put two and two together and make four. We'll often put two and two together and make five because we may have only had four, five or six years of life's experience to make sense from it. Track it back, the initial event. The number five is using the relaxation. Observe in a detached manner how that feeling has influenced you from that time until the present time. How have you tried to avoid it, compensate for it, how has that feeling influenced your behavior up until the present time? And you will probably get things that come up and do it as a list with no explanations, just a list. And it might be, well, I've sort of not volunteered and put myself out there as much as I would have done. Enough. You don't need to know why. And then it might be, well, it might be um, I don't get as many haven't had as many close friendships as I could have done. I've held back in friendships. There's all kinds of stuff. It might be, well, I've never committed to a partner, so I've never had a family, which I would have liked to have had anything like that. No explanations. When you have an explanation, that's, that's how your left brain hypnotizes you to go down the negative mm. road. So be very careful, careful yeah. of that. Yeah. Just because <laughs> it, that's a, because this reason, it's because of that. It's, uh, yeah. it, was the, it was them. <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, that's it. It's not me. It's the others. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm more right than everyone else. <laughs> it's the pandemic. It's not me. It's the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and then what, when you get, and you're satisfied with that, and I, I urge you, do take your time with this. 
then make just a list and it might be two or three things. It might be a bit more than that, but it's usually, in my experience, it's not more than about two or three things, four, five, six at the tops, which is less usual. The cost. What does this behavior cost you in your life? And just again, just a list. And it might be, well, it's, uh, it's cost me relationships. It's cost me enjoyment. It's cost me, you know, happiness, whatever. But make sure they're heart things and not intellectual things because the heart's got its reason that reason knows nothing about. So we're not interested in reason in all of this. And then have a look at this and have a little word with yourself. And you can easily understand how a child or a younger person, whoever old you were, in the situation that you were in, would have felt and, and behaved like that, because anyone can understand that. It's a child, it's a young person, and they've not had that experience before. But you can also understand that at the age you're at now, it's no longer necessary or appropriate to continue to behave and to respond like that. Mm. Mm. And the next step is to visit that younger person. So picture and imagine there's a young person sitting there next to you and speak to them literally as though they're there and tell them what they need to know about themselves. So you're an adult now and you need to tell that young person what they need to know about themselves so that they don't continue to behave in the way that you've been behaving. What do they need to know? And when you get to that point, you can ask them to imagine if they were 95 years old and behave like that all the way through their lives, what's the long-term cost? Hmm. And people will usually say, because then I would ask, how would you sum that life up? And they usually just come up with one word, which is, very often it's something like unfulfilled. There's nothing wrong with it, but I could have, it wasn't really entirely me or I was never myself. So the next thing I do then, I would say that when they've given the child some advice, if they can, then I would say you can understand how a child in that situation would have acted and responded just like you did. But do you believe that they should spend the rest of their lives behaving like that at such a cost? And people will always say, no, of course not. Mm. And no. So then my mm. next question is, when are you going to stop behaving like that? And that stops the intellect absolutely dead there. And they don't need to know why. You don't need to know how you can change anything. Just make a decision. Just make the decision and the rest falls into place. And that's the point where you have to check your physical body as well because the only acceptable answer to that when you get there is now. There's no reason to delay it. When are you going to stop behaving like that? It's like 
the question, when's the best time to plant a tree? It's 20 years ago. And when's the next best time? Now, right? So it's now. Mm. And then you check your body. And because we embody these negative beliefs. So when you check your body, if there's any tension anywhere in it, just let it go. Just unhook it, just breathe it out and let it go. And again, take time, take days, hours, it doesn't matter on every step of this. Do it thoroughly and you will get results. If you try and rush through it, you'll just do it intellectually and it won't make any difference at all. And then again, when you get, do one more check, just imagine, and this is now you've done a timeline insertion. You have a look again, you're 95 years old. I used to say 85 until I got older and I thought, flipping out, it's only like 20 years up the road now. <laughs> Better make it 95. <laughs> so, although when I'm working with younger people, I do say 85 because yeah. 95 is too much for them to think ahead. So, And then you visit the 95-year-old again and you say to that 95-year-old, as that 95-year-old has had a very different outcome in life because in whatever it is, March 2021, you let go of something that never was the truth about you. And because of that, and then you change, you turn the, gro the groundhog day around. So whatever's been holding them back, it's you change that. So you have a massively expansive life still at 95 People feel very safe being around you because you have an insight into how it feels not to be yourself. And people feel safe to be themselves around you. You inspire others. What would that old person want to come back and say to you right now? And people come back with some very, very insightful pieces of wisdom. But the one thing that's most important is they say thank you. Because mm. without you now having the courage, that older person would not exist. They would not have had that timeline. So that's how you make a timeline insertion and shift it on to the other timeline. And in my experience, these shifts are permanent mm. because you can no longer go back to the old one, even if you wanted to. You'd have to struggle. The shifts are permanent. So, so you're, you're basically, your, your timeline was determined by a young, possibly a young child, <clears throat> maybe even four or five years of age who picked up something from their parents or a teacher or somebody yeah. at school and, and that's impacted. Now they're maybe in their 30s, 40s, 50s or 60s or whatever. And uh, what you're doing is you're, you're inserting in the timeline uh, a, a new... The truth. The truth, yeah. My yeah. truth, it's that personal truth because it's all their answers. They're not mine. It's all their answers. I couldn't imagine where it's going to go and I wouldn't want to. It's the truth of that person and who they are because there's only one game in town if you're in this reality. Be yourself. That's all you're here for is be yourself and everything that you can be and you're perfect. However you show up, you're perfect. You're mm. supposed to be here and you're supposed to be yourself. So all you're doing is get, doing a timeline insertion. What usually happens, what happens with everyone, those groundhog days are never, ever the truth about anybody. They are simply a belief. A belief is not the truth. You can believe something with all your heart 
it doesn't make it the truth. I have a great joke I tell about that, but I don't know if we've got enough time to tell it. And it's a cracker. And it just... <laughs> It just goes to show that I've got to tell it, Chris. Yeah, we've got, we've got, we've got a, a couple of minutes if you want to. Right, this old man, he goes to the doctors and he said, um, doctor, he said, my wife's getting very deaf, he said, but I don't really want to broach it to her until I know how deaf she is and, and I might suggest she comes to see you. And the doctor said, well, it's very thoughtful. He said, when you get home, go and speak to your wife, stand 40 feet away, speak in a normal voice, and if she doesn't, hear you or doesn't answer stand 10 feet closer and keep doing that and tell me how close you are when she answers so he went home 40 feet away he said hello darling he said what's for dinner and there was no answer oh right 30 feet away hello darling what's for dinner no answer anyway he did it 20 feet away 10 feet away and in the end he was standing right next to her and he said uh, hello darling he said what's for dinner she said for goodness sake we're having chicken for the fifth time <laughs> 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 so you can believe something with all your heart it doesn't mean it's the truth mm. groundhog days any negative self-beliefs are always always a lie and that's not only on a personal level everything out there that makes any individual or group of people or society feel less than is always a lie none of that is true we are, that is not the truth about any of us. If you look at any newborn that comes into this world, what would you change about them? You've had a couple of children, Chris. Mm. What would you change about them when they're newborns coming into this world? Uh, nothing. Absolutely. Oh, unlimited, they're unlimited potential, aren't they? Thank you very much. And that's yes. the truth about all of us. And not only that, you've had more than one child. When did you notice your second child was a completely different character from your first. Um, we, we probably noticed almost immediately. Well, you really? probably noticed immediately yeah. that, that that child was born, but your wife probably noticed in her pregnancy that it was a different pregnancy. It felt different from the first one. So to me, that's, and I've seen enough babies born. There's been another couple born in my family this year. I'm a, a great grand auntie mm. a couple of times over now. And, uh, it's very obvious that we come into this world as we are. We're not unfinished beings. Mm. We're in here loud and proud, and we're Absolutely. not here to be changed or made to feel less than, or what child could, what newborn could possibly come into this world not good enough. Yeah, well, we've, we've um, I think about mine, one was very, one was very loud and, uh, <laughs> and never stopped moving, and the other one was very content and quite and calm actually and i think um, that's that's uh, mirror reflected with them really just a mindful of the mindful of the time jess i said very quiet during that because i wanted you to 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 cover all of that process and um you, you the thing i think is fascinating with this you people listen to this and think mm, you know so this is really interesting but you do this with live audiences haven't you many oh, many times and have just these most amazing transformational shifts with this um just I guarantee, um, actually, that anyone that comes into a retreat, they're usually about up to 14 people. Anyone comes into that retreat with a self-limiting belief, has a one-to-one, -one, will leave without that, that belief. Um, and when we work in a group like that, I do the one-to-one, -one, but the whole group holds the space and the process changes everybody in the group at the same time. It affects all of us. Excellent. Jess, we're going to have to leave you there. Thank you so much. Your, your website, uh, Jessica Richards? Yes, jessicarichards.co.uk. 
Sorry, Thanks, Chris. It's been a pleasure. You're very welcome. It's been a great pleasure talking to you again. And uh, it really is a, an amazing process. And, uh, you know, well, well done on all the different lives that you've changed uh, with, with your work. On next week's show, um, it's Good Friday over here. It's a holiday. I'm gonna, we're going to repeat the 400th show where I was interviewed on all my lessons and learnings by uh, Karen Wilson-Starks. Uh, on um, on the Business Elevation Show, 400 episodes. And the following week, we've got um, Adam Strong. Adam was, if anyone knows, Mo Farah, who was a very famous uh, Olympian. Adam was his um, training partner for three years. He's an amazing business person, and he's a master at building um, tribes. And he's the um, host of um, the Changemaker um, of, uh, um, podcast. So, do um, join us um, again in uh, next week and the following week. And uh, once again, a huge thank you to Jessica Richards. We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.